Today, I'm with Mr. Lee Kek Mui, who attended Penang Free School from the ทั้งหมดที่เราเรียนในโรงเรียนเราเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเร
you can say the national Malayanization. I think today you will go to free school, you find that maybe 50% of the people that are Malays, maybe 20, 25% Chinese and the rest are Indians. Hmm. So it's a changing trend because in, in line with the education system in Malaysia, where less Chinese goes to Malay schools now, so to speak, no more English schools. And as such, there are also less Chinese going to free school. But from the transition between the the British influence to the more nationalistic, besides racial diversity, was there any school system structural changes, administrative? When I entered free school, I think all the white headmasters were gone. The first headmaster, when I entered nineteen sixty eight, the headmaster was still Tan Bun Ling. Tan Bun Ling is the first non white headmaster. I think he became the free school headmaster probably in nineteen sixty two or sixty three. And then he stayed on until nineteen sixty nine. And then he was transferred out of free school as a headmaster and he went to become the chief education officer in Pahang. So my year when I entered it was all already Malay nice, Malaya nice already. In other words, all the administrative, all the teachers were all local. And I don't see I don't remember any white teachers at all in my school. But I think as late as nineteen sixty two or sixty three there was still a white headmaster there. But it was before my time. So as such it was all fully Malayanized. Uh, the teachers were all from graduates from University of Malaya, University of Singapore, mm. some are DTC, MTC trained teachers. Mm. So these are all localized and uh, I remember all of them are all Malaysians. But obviously there were a lot of Chinese teachers teaching there, so in a way our standards were quite high in a sense. How, how were the, the status of the teachers regarded? Was, te- was teachers as a profession, was it regarded highly? Did a lot of people aspire to be a teacher? Yes, I think the teachers were... I mean the teachers were actually quite enthusiastic, they are quite highly educated. And I still remember in 1973 or seventy four, even during my time, Teaching as a profession is still seen as a seen and regarded as a very good vocation. In fact, we were discussing during our sixth form. One of our math teacher was telling us that he's earning quite good money as a teacher. He was telling us he's getting about three thousand to four thousand a year per month, and as a because he has on pension, he will get half of it. He get one to two thousand, I suppose, when he retire, and then he on top of that he gives tuition as a as a math teacher, he gets a lot more money. So he was trying to tell us, teaching is a good profession. And I still remember some of my fellow students, classmates even, who decided that they want to become teachers. And they're all good students. They all <coughs> One of them was a 9A student from Form 5. He became a teacher. and He was gra- he, he went to UNC of Malaya, got his diploma education, graduated as a science teacher. And then he uh, understood, he teach in... Uh, technical school in Alostar until he retired. So, you know, and I also got one or two more friends who were teaching all the way and became, you know, so teaching was still regarded as a good profession, a good income, because it's pensionable, it's, so it's a very noble thing. And I think the other thing about free school is that it was a preferred school, so to speak. And as a preferred school, they have certain privileges. And I remember during my time, free school students, teachers do not get transferred up because unless with the consent of the headmaster. Mm. So there were a few good teachers, some good science teachers, some good math teachers, some good geography teachers and English teachers who never get transferred out unless the, the headmaster agreed to it. So they were there and it's virtually like they can stay in free school for as long as they like. And as long as they do a good job and I think they have taught many people I think over the generations, and some of them are very good teachers. So we actually benefited from that stability. They don't get transferred in and out so mm-hmm. easily. But I understand that the present school system is no more like this now. Teachers get transferred in and out of free school a lot. So as such, you know, the standard and the good teachers may not be maintained. But in my time, the teachers, good teachers are always maintained. And there's stability there. What? What, what was your initial impression of Penang Free School before you entered? 
what what were the general situations of other schools during that time? Actually, I have no impressions of Frisco when I before I enter. I don't even know what Frisco is like. I don't even know where it's located because my family from a lower middle class. Nobody in my my family ever entered Frisco because uh, I'm one of those. I'm the youngest in the family, and as such, I'm one of the few people who was given a chance to study English education by my parents. My brothers and sisters before me were mainly. Four of my brothers and sisters before me were mainly Chinese educated, so only the last two siblings, my elder brother and me, went to English school. My brother unfortunately did not go to free school. He went to Georgetown Secondary School. So when I was given the chance to go free school, I didn't even know where free school was, until the week before I was supposed to enroll in free school. That I found out it was behind Hanjiang High School. There. So when I went to free school, I have no idea of the traditions of free school, what it's like, what kind of school it was. So my first impression is a big school, a big field, and then we were all. I was actually overawed by the school because on the very first day. In free school, they taught us the free school song, the anthem of the free school. Explained to us what's it like. We had an exam on the very first day of free school. To determine what class we go in at from one it means that whether it's a A class, B class, C class. So I was shocked by it all that you know you have to take an exam, a test. So we took a test and then they explained to us the school anthem. They told us how great free school was. We had paymaster. We had students who were at that time prime minister of uh, country. We even have you know judges. High-ranking officials, ministers who were all from Frisco, we even had royalty who were from Frisco. I remember at that time, the Raja of Perlis, who was I think the Agong at that time, I'm not sure, was also from Frisco. So as such, it was, you know, he was impressed on us that this is a great school. It's a hundred over years of tradition, and it was basically a school that. Everybody aspires to be. It produces judges, doctors, lawyers, all kinds of professional people. So, so I was overawed on my very first day. Going back <coughs> to your experience as a student, did you did you enjoy your schooling days in Penang Free? I think I did. I mean, because I think free school has a combination of a few things that make it a good school. And to many extent, made all of us what we are today. Firstly, it is a uh, is the teachers were good. The setup was good at that time. Like I said, you know, teacher is a preferred school. He was very sought after. People want to enter it, and it was a merit on merits basis. So you you get a bunch of students who are basically clever, selected, and then you got teachers who are dedicated. They're good <coughs> teachers. And you get a setup of school establishment that has been there for a long time. The tradition of the free school, the spirit of the school, so to speak, and then you have a lot of co-curricular activities that were designed to to make uh, students study hard, work hard, and play hard. I think that was sort of the motto of the school. It's not the motto. That's what sort of the the kind of. Criteria or the kind of thing that you the impression you get about free school students mm. is that in fact I was passing by they were saying it's a school for scholars, sportsmen, and gentlemen. Mm. So you can take it whatever you want, but I think that by and large it's a good school. Uh, and that's one. That's only the establishment of the school itself, the setup, the teachers, the headmaster, the administration, the tradition, the history. But the other element I think which makes free school good is that is the Is the peer pressure? Is the is that the school students are all highly competitive, very clever students in a way. So you you try to compete with each other, and the peer pressure is strong. And with that kind of peer pressure, you actually sometimes excel more than what you think you're capable of. So there's this push factor that's very strong. Students will try to outdo each other in school grades, in school field. School competitions, so in every level, from sport fields to 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 the academic field, to even you know debating 
societies, the drama societies mm. and everything. So there's this peer pressure of trying to do well that, that actually push people to excel more. And mm. I think that's very important in the school setup is the, the peer pressure, the peer thing that actually motivates and pushes everybody. What, what was your most memorable experience during your time? I suppose what, what actually I'm most, most in a way memorable for me is my first year there, in the sense that <coughs> I, I've never actually hated top any of my class. Even in primary school, I was never the top. I was something like, you know, somewhere in the middle. Anything between 10 to 20. It's always that kind of thing. So I'm always like, Never too clever, never too bad. So average student in a way. Mm. Of course, I've been in express class, I've been in A class, so but never do. So, but the very first year when I went to free school, for some quirk reason, we have a midterm exam at the first year. I was the number one in my class. And that sort of surprised me because I never expected it. Because even in Francis Light, I could not be number one in my class. But mm. there was number one. I was in, admittedly, I was not in such a good class. I was in a 1C, which is like... A, the third class because we remember you took an ex- exam in the very first day mm-hmm. based on your grades you are assigned A class B class C class all the way to G or H, F or G I think so I was in C class I was the first first boy in my class in the midterm exams which surprised me took me by surprise so as such I think it's because of that first term first semester first mid-year exam that to a certain degree, make me realize that I'm not as bad as I think I am, okay? So, in a way, also make me realize that I could be not too bad. And because of that, I have a reputation to keep. So, I maintained in the final year, although I didn't get first in the final year, I think I got third or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that, that made me to sort of knowing that I can do as well as all the other students, despite being... Not top of his, not top of Francis slide, not top anywhere, but I'm as good as them. So because of this first year's result, I went to two A, which is the best class in I suppose in the form two, and I maintained in the A class all the way to form five. So as such, I think because of that, that uh, that that realization that I'm not as bad, hmm. and also that the competition, the peer pressure between all the four or five years up to Form 5, that actually spurred me to study a bit more harder, to, to push myself a bit more. And mm-hmm. in that sense, I think that's what free school do to some of us, especially those who are more underprivileged, like myself, who are not uh, from a privileged background, who's under... So it sort of made us realise that there's potential, we could climb out of our... Mm-hmm. class and, and be a better person and I think that spirit and that kind of sense of pride has actually pushed I think a lot of us students in free school to be as good that's why in many ways a lot of free school students when they do finish a free school, secondary school they were everywhere they were in US in the UK in Australia USA and Malaya everywhere and I think that that stand them in good stead because their realisation that Although we are not free school to start with, is only one school in Penang. But although it's one of the top schools in Penang, that you are among the top, you are among the better students in Penang. And then when you go to, let's say, the US or UK or nothing, you realize that you are not as bad as anybody. And you can compete with, on equal terms with anybody else. And you can even do better. Some of us do better. That's why a lot of free school students do very well in the US, do very well in UK, and became professionals do very well and wherever they go, Australia, UK or US, or even you see Malaya, and are in many ways leaders in their own profession, leaders in their own thing. So it is because of this grounding that you can be good and you can excel. And I think it's a school, the grounding in the school that makes us all <coughs> want to do better, want to be as good as anybody else. It's that kind of realisation that gives us that kind of self-confidence and in many ways, uh, we are punching above our weight. But because we look at it, Penang is a very small state. And in the scheme of things, it's only one of the states in Malaya, sure. But you look at all the 
in many ways, I'm trying to say Frisco is a bit like represent Penang. And Penang represents Malaysia in many ways. If you go to a lot of uh, the U.S. campuses, a lot of the leaders in the, it becomes academia and everything, they do very well. And they do come from Frisco. Some of them, some of them, of course, come from St. Xavier's, MBS, and Chongling. Mm. But <coughs> they're able to compete with the best in the world on equal footing. If not, some of them even excel better than that. So you find that... So a lot of us do think that it's because of free school that we are what we are today. And it's free school that makes us what we are today. That gives us a kind of self-confidence, the kind of basic education that we have is, by and large, good. The foundation is good. We speak good English. We, we can hold ourselves in, in, the, you know, in the world and as such. If you look around, there are so many luminaries of free school who did very well in, in, in all over the world. In fact, I once met one of my classmates at Harvard. Uh, his name is Kong Yuan Fong. He was a Harvard PhD student and he graduated from Harvard. He was, we were comparing notes about free school. And then both of us came to the conclusion that it is free school that makes us what we are today. Of course, at that time, I just graduated from UK. Not so famous than him. He came up... He graduated from Harvard, famous. And then he was saying, Frisco make what he is today. So I think I, I quote and I, I understand his sentiments that he was there because he think of Frisco's education, thinking what he is. And now he's a professor, I understand, at Oxford University. So are this, these are the people which has benefited in many ways from Frisco education and have become what they are because they think of Frisco's grounding education both in and out of the, of the classrooms even outside you know like in the co-curriculum affairs they are all we are leaders we are trained to be leaders to a certain extent you can be a house house captain you can be a captain of your school team in mm. football basketball whatever you can be a president of a club this and that so it, it, it encourages you and nourishes you to be <coughs> Capable of leading, capable of organizing, capable of doing things. So, so I think that is important for for a school's grounding. What What was the social environment, in regards to the different social classes? How accessible was it for the lower social classes to enter Penang Free, <coughs> or was it more elitist, only open to the rich? I think I think by and large, free school is to a certain extent an elite school because uh, it's like I say it's pre-selected but it doesn't mean that the lower middle, lower classes cannot enter because like I say at that time my, during my time I think, I think now the, the, the feeder schools are all different now during my time it's based on the four feeder schools mm-hmm. Francis Light Westlands Wellesley and Hutchins and some of these are uh, like Hutchins is the middle of, of town, West Wales is also middle of town in Georgetown. Francis Light is more outskirts and he caters to the people in Green Lane, Aitam, which I came from. And Westlands is also quite near the town. So, because <coughs> it is a, a feeder school, it is how you do in your in your primary school that, that, that determines whether you enter free school or not. So if you do well, you are the top 60 of each school, you go to Penang Free School. So, as such, even if you are from a lower middle class like I am, and uh, no tradition of English school, none of my siblings ever go to free school. In fact, none of my cousins, if, oh, so one of my cousins entered, but he entered at sixth form much higher later on, but I was already in free school. So, a lot of us have no sense of what free school is like. But we were given a chance as long as you do well in your primary school. So, I think if you do well in your primary school and you are lower middle class or lower classes, you can enter free school. And a lot of my classmates and a lot of my contemporaries were like this. Not everybody is privileged. Of course, there were also a lot of people who were privileged, who were sons of doctors, lawyers, you know, mm. all these engineers, etc. Um, in regards to the relationships between teachers, students, what, what was it like? Was it a very hierarchical relationship, very traditional setting? Uh, I think it is to some extent still hierarchical in the sense that you still have to respect teachers and everything. 
And of course, the headmaster is the number one guy there. And then, of course, it goes down. But I think preschool has very strong co-curricular activities. And it is this co-curricular activities that is actually what, what makes uh, preschool very strong in sports and also in organizational skills of the students. There were a lot of societies, a lot of sports, things that you can participate. And during it is here that the, I think the structure breaks down more. The, some teachers are a bit more influential, some are more dictatorial, but a lot of teachers actually do give a lot of leeway for students to organize themselves. Like I think the scout movement, which I'm not in, but I understand they give the scout leaders a lot of room to organize the people. <coughs> like I was in a school tennis team. The tennis, actually, we, we do play uh, amongst ourselves a lot with or without the teachers. And the teachers were there sometimes just to make sure that everything okay. And we were even coaching the younger students to how to play tennis and everything. So it is that kind of, of uh, structure where, you, as a senior, you are encouraged to impart knowledge to the juniors so that you can build a succession plan. And I think there's always been that. In any society, it's the same. You know, whether you are in interact club or you are in debating society or whatever society you choose to enter, you find that as juniors, you don't get elected. Then later on, when you're Form 5, Form 6, you're expected to take up leadership roles, become president, secretary, or whatever. So it is, there's this kind of nurturing effect. And I think free school stresses a lot on, on uh, extracurricular activities so that you're both a more rounded student. And if I'm not mistaken, like all prefects have to not only be good in their studies, but also have to represent a school in some sports or whatever. So that way, you know, you, you're not seen as just, you cannot be a nerd and still be there. You have to, to do some kind of sports. And, and sometimes even if you're not very active in sports, at least you're active in some kind of society. And, and, and I still always remember at every assembly on Monday, or s there will always be people who excel in school sports, like gymnastics, to get gold medals, to sweep the thing, this and that, or you know, this. And then you, you have a sense of pride that you go up there mm. and they will give you the medals on the stage. Although it's been given to you, but they will restage it there and say, a teacher in charge will say, okay, our school team has won the hockey tournament, whatever, and all the hockey players will go up there and be presented with the matches from him master. Mm. So it's that kind of tradition, that kind of sense of pride that is always in view to you, that free school not only good in the studies, but also very good in sports. Mm. And we do dominate some sports during our time. Like, remember gymnastics, even tennis, we were quite dominating in the schools. Of course, you have things like volleyball and everything where we dominate a lot. And hockey as well, I think, all the traditions of school. Looking at <coughs> the headmasters during your time, what what impact did they have on, on the school? Actually, it varies. Some headmaster has more sense of pride of his school. Like I remember Tam Bun Lin was an old free. So he knew what it was like to be a free school student. And we always talk about the old free spirit. <coughs> And, and so he came with, uh, when I entered first year, he was headmaster still, I think a year and a half, and then he left. But the second headmaster, Kun Fatshi, was not a free school boy. So he did not have that kind of spirit. So to him, it doesn't really matter that much. And then, of course, you have Yogas, the third headmaster, who was also not a free school old boy. But I think a lot of people are clamoring towards that. I remember now, subsequently, all the... The headmasters of free school, one of the criteria, in fact, present day is that <coughs> you have to be an old free now. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the board of governors are now saying that for a headmaster of free school, you have to be old free to understand the spirit, to understand the culture. I think to a certain extent, it may be important, but I don't think it's that important. But, but if you do understand it, it's easier than the tradition of free school, that kind of thing. And I think the present headmaster is old free. And I think there are a lot of, uh, I think there's this kind of criteria. I think headmaster is important because they set the tone, they set the criteria, they set how the school is to be run. 
so so if if they are good <coughs> paymasters, I suppose it is good. But I think when I enter, it's like I say, it's already a Malayanized paymaster, so they were already Malaysians running the show, no more whites. So I think it's a slightly different era. <laughs> and looking back at the <coughs> what you speak of the spirit and this sense of tradition and pride, how how important do you think it is in forming a, a, a successful school environment? I think it is important because uh, when I say I was overwhelmed when I first and overawed when I first day, it is because then you realize that you're entering a school. It is stress to you. Firstly, I think not many schools have uh, schools uh, song, and and then you look at the words. It's quite traditional English words. I couldn't even understand the f- a lot of the words in my first year there, first day there. So, but so the teachers were trying to explain to you what the song is about. And then the, the sense of pride the school had. I think it celebrated its, its 180, 150th anniversary when I first entered. Because 1966 <coughs> was uh, 150 years of free school. And then 1968, so it was two years after that. So you were told that this is the oldest school in Malaysia. It's 162 year, 152 years old. So it's a very old school. <coughs> so it has that kind of tradition, that sense. And I think... If you do it well, it is important to have students who feel proud of the school, who feel the tradition of the school, who feel that the school is a good school and it should excel and it should do better than the generation before. And I think a lot of us, my generation at least, at least felt that and, and felt that free school is what, it, what makes us to a certain extent. Sometimes that we have reunions, a lot of us think that it is because of free school that we are what we are today. Uh, mm-hmm. Successful in our careers, successful in, in what we want to do, <coughs> and successful in life generally. Mm-hmm. And, and because we think that it's because of the school traditions, the school spirit and the, and the basic education has given us that a lot of us are what we are today because of the school. Mm-hmm. Mm. And going back to your own experience with and your relationships with the teachers, what did the particular teacher have a great impact in your life? What what was this experience? I don't have any particular teacher that really influenced me in a big way because I'm basically not that active in school except to play tennis and some some clubs that I joined. So I don't actually forge a lot of uh, close relationship with any particular teacher. Of course, the different teachers has different influences on me. Some taught me a bit to be more broad-minded. Some taught me to learn how to accept failures and how to move on and how to become better. I think generally, fiscal teachers were all quite good and they all influence you because you're young, you're, you're impressionable, they, you pick up things from here and there. But I don't have any close relationship with any particular teacher or particular headmaster, mm. although every one of them in part do was do in part certain traditions and certain things on me mm. to to be better and to do well, but uh, I don't I don't have that kind of thing. Some some students may have better <coughs> bondage with some mm. teachers, but I didn't have that kind of thing. Now we are <coughs> moving on to reflecting back on your free school education. So, if you were given a choice to go through schooling life again, is there anything that you would like to do differently? I'll probably probably like to be more active in the clubs more because I didn't. Uh, I didn't became so active partly because of my family. You know, I had to come back and they didn't like us to be so active and be away. So I didn't. I didn't go back to school. After, of course, I do go back a few times a week to play tennis. Uh, to that. So I was more of that kind of thing. But I didn't build up a more well-rounded education. So if I given a choice, I would be more active in some of these sports and some other sports and also other kind of uh, clubs to build up a much more maybe leadership role to some extent. Because I'm more usually in the background, I don't assume the leadership roles that much in school. Hmm. So if I've been active more, then I suppose I'll assume more of the leadership role. 
and I think that would be good for for my education and also I think generally for all people because you do not want to be just uh, study very hard and, and not be active and I think if you are a bit more active then you can be more in a sense mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what do you think is different in Penang Free School of today as compared to the past I think the sense of pride is not there now I feel uh, because the students uh, <coughs> academically are not doing as well as they used to do. In my time, we were among the top one or two schools, or even in terms of our results academically. But you know, we can always hold our head high because we do well academically, and as well as in the sports arena because we do win a lot of tournaments, be it you know, and hockey, tennis, gymnastics, whatever. And we do play, the other t- tradition we used to have is we play a lot of games with other schools at MCKK. Even the Thai schools were coming down mm. to play with us and everything. I think this kind of exchange is very good. It broadens the people's minds, it, it gives you an idea what it's like to be to other schools. And you know, you visit other schools, they come and play games with you, you play games in your school. But I think that that has probably gone. And I understand that. We academically we are not so high ranking as before even in sports I think we also gone down so the I suppose the pride of school has gone down also I think the school has changed like I say teachers now are no more <coughs> attached to the school as before and they can be come and go at the whim of the education ministry's uh, thing like last time I remember our biology teacher very good teachers English teachers cannot be transferred out unless the teacher headmaster agrees the senior teachers so they are all very good they all give very good education basically to us ground us in good education <coughs> ground us in good knowledge which is I think very important in the school but that I think has changed so teachers are not as probably not as good as before and the students also not as good as before because I say the nature of the education in Malaysia has changed like a lot of Chinese now go to Chinese schools in the primary mm. and because of that they don't come to free school anymore and 90% of the Chinese are enrolled in Chinese school now so you have a sector of the population that do not come to free school anymore because uh, they, they go to Chinese schools and then a lot of Malays the better students are also given a lot of choices a lot of them go to Mara Junior Science Colleges go to other better schools so so the better Malay students also don't come to free school anymore. So you're left with not so good students coming to free school. And because of that, I suppose the standards of the school has dropped as well. You know, the educational, the academic levels and everything. So it has changed in a sense. And I think it's no more that sought after compared to other schools. Also the whole education scenario in Malaysia has changed. There's so many private schools coming out so many international schools coming out that a lot of people can afford to send their kids and once I suppose good basic English education will not send them to free school anymore because free school is now a Malay school more or less and I think the students I'm not sure they speak so much English in school now they may not speak as much English as before and so the standards of English may also have dropped so as such I think generally Free school standards have dropped, but I don't know to how far and to what extent, <coughs> because I've not really kept track with the thing. Yeah. But I think the education as a whole, I say, is so much diversification going on that the richer people, the, the rich people who can afford it, send their kids down to private institutions, to international schools, and don't send to our national schools anymore. Mm. On the <coughs> other hand, the Chinese are then sending their kids to primary Chinese schools which will normally end up in the Chongling, Chonghua, Hengi, that kind of school and not free school and not to any other school anymore. <coughs> so from what free school has given you throughout your, your own experience there, would you say that the free school, the old free alumni would have a role to play? Unfortunately, the old free alumni are not playing his role. They don't contribute as much and I think that is a part of the problem with free schools uh, being an English educator school it's a tradition the 
OFA has never been a very strong club or strong organization to try to rekindle the spirit and try to do a lot of fundraising, for example. Uh, a lot of funds are not for school by and large because English people don't don't give so much back to the school. Although a lot of them are very rich and there's not easy to organize this. And partly because the tradition, not like the Chinese schools like Zhongling, where they have very strong sense of tradition of wanting to form their own society and this. Fiscal students are not so cliquish as such, not so united as such. Although I know a lot of my ex-classmates and schoolmates have made it very well and they can, I'm sure can contribute a lot of money. It's just that it's not the tradition and it's never been the sense. And I suppose NOFA is not playing that role, I know, because uh, I hardly see them play that role. The only role they play is getting people for dinners together, you know, having a good time together. But that kind of thing. And I think the school system as a whole do not allow OFA to contribute so much because they do not allow them to interfere in the way the school is run because the Ministry of Education do not allow that. But I suppose OFA can impose, you know, like for example, OFA could have given scholarships to a lot of students in free school who are good to study even overseas if they have a lot of money mm-hmm. or anywhere that they aspire if they go to a very good university and they don't have the means to do it free OFA should be able to sponsor at least a few students every year but we don't because we do not have enough funds and I think OFA has by and large not done that kind of tradi- thing and they should I think promote a good education for the free school maybe they you know I mean, I'm just thinking they could have even funded people who want to go to Oxbridge or even the Ivy League schools. Mm. Every year, at least one or two students to enter there and to study there on OFA scholarship. We should be rich enough to do that. Yeah. Um, which which university did you go to after Penang Free? I went to the University of Nottingham to study for my engineering degree. And after that, I just stopped engineering. I came back I was working in London for a while, then Singapore, and I came back to Malaysia to work. Is, is there anything you would like to add from this conversation? I think you must see free school in the... Okay, from my point of view, free school was a, basically a very good national school in my time able to educate uh, students uh, to become leaders <coughs> of the country because it basically has that tradition has that uh, background that that, that set up mm. and I think a lot of us who, who, who graduated from free school in the 60s and 70s in particular I'm not so sure about 80s and 90s now 70s had a very good English education which I think is not more there and this English education has put us in a good step to be able to compete in a worldwide basis. I think a lot of us have excelled and actually do become leaders on a worldwide basis in our own fields. Mm-hmm. Whether it's investment, whether it's academic, whether it's you know, a professional setup or whatever. Even leaders of the country, I think I'm sure I think there are some free school people who are ministers of this country. If I'm not mistaken the in MIC this Subrabaniam is, is actually from, from Vice Deputy Right, it's actually from Free School. Mm-hmm. So we have actually leaders of that kind of thing. We, we have that tradition and we have that kind of, of ability to do, to do that. Okay? <coughs> Obviously, the, apparently the Raja Police siblings are all from, uh, all educated in Free School. The present Raja of Police is Free School, his son is from Free School, I suppose his grandson also will be from Free School. So he has that kind of tradition. But <clears throat> I think he has lost a lot of his stature because of the Malay medium of instruction. In many ways, he has changed. The whole education system in Malaysia also has changed. So it is, I would say that in the 60s, 50s, 60s, it has built a lot of national leaders. It has helped the nation building of Malaysia. And I think because of the whole national education being so different now than during our time that I don't expect the same role as free school 
now and before. Because right now, you find that, like I said before, the elites are going to private institutions, private schools. The Chinese are going to their own Chinese education. The Malays, I suppose, are stuck with this national type school. The Indians will have their own Tamil, but not many Tamil schools, so they will also be stuck in this national <coughs> school. So there is no more that diversity as what we had during our time. Mm. The diversity is gone. The, the racial mix is gone. And free school today is not what it used to be. And it's not just because of free school as such. I think it is a whole national scene. It has changed so much that what, what, what gave us hope and opportunity in our school system in the 60s and 70s was that if you are good, you can actually arise above or you can go beyond your class. If you have a low middle class, there's a chance that you can even be you know, upper middle class or, what have you, or even rich. And the opportunities are there for you to climb because they give you a basic education and the world is your oyster. You can do what you want. But I suppose now it's different because now the elites will go to the elite school and, and to try to perpetuate that system. The not so good will be condemned to the run of a male national school and you know you, you there are a lot of the thousands of schools in Malaysia. Hmm. A lot of them are forgettable in the sense that like you enter the SJK, slot, but you don't even realize there's any tradition in the school. You know, you may not be very proud of the school, but free school has that sense. So I suppose it has a easiest elite school to start with, to say, because it's pre-selected. But I'm not so sure about it's being pre-selected still. So the, the, the whole thing has changed. And I think I suppose free school has to evolve to change with the education system. And it has not. It is not treated as any other school. Although it has a tradition, but it's not any other school in many sense. So it is different. And I see that the school as a part of the whole nation building, the whole nation, national history of Malaysia has changed as well. So I don't know if it's good or bad. I suppose free school has to adapt, has to change. And I think we should be relooking at the whole national educational system rather than just free school alone. Mm. Because I feel that it has not have the, that kind of diversification, the races don't mix anymore in schools because it's different from our 60s and 70s where we're all together. Because everybody wants to study English, <coughs> especially in the 70s, because uh, in fact Chinese schools were actually losing their, their so-called their students. Mm. And some of the Chinese schools were closing because of the glamour of going to English education able to get a job as an English educated person, able to rise above. But that has changed because of the Malay medium instruction. So free school is no more English school, it's a Malay school. And the Chinese want to go back to the, the their own language of school. So everything has changed now. So I don't know. Free school is no more playing that kind of role as a national school, <coughs> providing leadership, providing the kind of multi-ethnicity that we had. It's changed. It's just like any other secondary school. And it's no more as good as before as well. But would it come back down to also global influences of a growing role in China, growing opportunities there that make Chinese schools the now sought after medium? Actually, I think the Chinese school is not because of China that people go to Chinese school. It was because of the reaction of the NEP that they go to Chinese school. Because of the Malayanization of schools, and a lot of Chinese did not like the idea of Malayanization mm. and national schools because after the May 13, there was just a national reaction to it. So that people react by going back to Chinese schools as <coughs> as a way of saying that look, if you are not going to be English educated, you you cannot work. In the big at that time was a big, you know, not not so much multinational is in the. You know, the big firms they require you to speak English and now no more because that so they say I must go back to Chinese school and learn Chinese and those who are English speaking are because of the homes not because of the school so China's rise as a power is only in the 80s and 90s <coughs> so it's quite a recent phenomenon so I don't think it is because of that that people go to Chinese school it's more a reaction of NEP so it's a different spin <coughs> but I I think free school has still 
basically, the only thing left is his traditions and his, his things. Mm. And I think you have to base on that to have a good school. And if it's still a pre-selected school, I suppose it's still not a bad school. Because all only good students will go there to start with. But it is an elite in that sense, because people don't like elite. So if you don't yeah. like elite school, then I suppose free school will lose its luster and it still become just a, a normal school. Like anybody else. But wouldn't you say, by being a good school, that that no matter what range of students come into your school, they can come out still being the best, rather than only having the best and then producing the best of pre-selection, using pre-selection. I don't know how schools are run in elsewhere, but I think free school has ingredients of a few things. Firstly, you must have good teachers in the school to, to produce good students, that's one. You must have a set uh, uh, the setup which free school had at that time, the setup, you know, the, the the clubs, the tradition, the things, which it has, okay, and thirdly, the students themselves must be good, must be the peer pressure, like I say, for a long time free school, despite losing is, uh, I think in the eighties and nineties, despite losing, good teachers and everything, was still a good school because of peer pressure, because the students were still good, coming into free school, they were pre-selected and good. And they, they put pressure on each other to, to, to excel, to be competitive, to be good. Mm. So I suppose schools need maybe all these three traditions. The mm. students must be themselves, want to study, want to be motivated. A good students to start with. The teachers are good. The administration, the setup of the school, the traditional school is good. And then if you have these three combinations, I suppose you make any good school, school good. And I think with free school, because of its long history and tradition, it makes it even easier to achieve that mm-hmm. compared to other schools who just newly set up. So it has that kind of thing. I think we should leverage on it rather than let it go. We should leverage on it. We should, we should, which I saw in the 60s and 70s. The mm-hmm. school were excelling, become better, and students were better, you know. We were not afraid to ask questions. It was a free kind of... Uh, some of, the, some of my classmates were quite brilliant. I mean, they, the questions they asked, you learn from it. They were quite clever. They were quite asking the right questions, answering in a way that you never thought of. And that's what, what a school should be, a motivating place for you to learn, for mm. you to study, and for you to excel. And not be a place where you regurgitate things. I think mm. that's what makes free school good as well. It, it's not just the, the teachers are set up. Sometimes it's, it's the exchanges you have among the students. How we how we interact with each other. <coughs> how we how we talk to each other. How do we debate with each other. <coughs> That's when I think there are a lot of learning outside the school, school classrooms. That is also important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a combination of all these things that makes school good and great. Okay? Yeah. That's all right. it. Thank you for coming.